Welcome to the maiden voyage of the Stacks of Cash podcast, which is a mouthful. It sure is. Yeah, the goal of the Stacks of Cash podcast is to make money a simple discussion. We want to empower you and educate you on all things money in a way that's simple because, Dave, you and I are simple. We're very simple, and this can be a very intimidating topic for a lot of people, and so we're going to uh, dumb it down um, and make it in layman's terms so that you and I can understand it, which is really simple. Fascinating. Yeah. And, and and so this, this first podcast that we're going to do here today is to talk about what's going on in the economy right now, because there's, a, there's so much going on, us coming out of the pandemic, uh, and the government's doing a lot, and the Fed's doing a lot, and there's a lot of pent-up demand. So we want to kind of look back and see where things have been, you know, what's been going on the last quarter or so. And then what do we think the rest of this year is going to look like? Yeah, I mean, these really are unprecedented times when you think of it, when you have people staying at home. Literally overnight, I remember watching March Madness and people going off the court um, and NBA games, and then all of a sudden it was like, blacked out nothing happened so we're in unprecedented times and we just want to kind of demystify this for you and let you know where we've been and where we think we're heading the rest of 2021 you know we work with thousands of participants in 401k plans and these are everyday average americans who have lots of questions about money we get questions ranging from uh what kind of mortgage should i get should I lease a car versus buy a car? One of the favorite questions is, how much money am I going to need to retire well, That's on? a good one. That's a fun one. Yeah, and, and it, it's a different number for everybody. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think that because we work with so many participants and, and really a broad spectrum of people, from executives to, to hourly folks, we really get an opportunity to understand what the psyche is of, of the of the average American in terms of, of of money and what it means to them and 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 what it doesn't mean to them. Yeah, I mean that's exactly right. And the thing about it is, it doesn't matter if you're an executive or you're an hourly employee. It's the same questions we get consistently. Yeah, you know, one of the things that I think about when I think about money is whether it is an executive or an hourly employee or somebody in between. Everybody seems to have the exact same insecurities about money. It really doesn't matter how much money you have. What's fascinating to me is it's, it never seems like it's enough. So you got a guy who's worth $10 million bucks. He's worried because he doesn't have 20 you got somebody who's worth a $1 million. They don't think they have enough because they think they need $2 million. It's just really an interesting thing when you think about money and how people look at it. No, I mean, that's exactly right. I mean, for, for anybody that, that matter, I mean, I, maybe that's because of just all the ads we see and social media and things like that. But, but this has been going on way before social media. I mean, money is just one of those things. People get weird with it. Yeah, people, they, they get weird with pe- it. Pe- people get weird with it. And people are really victims of the thing I like, I like to call FOMO. Fear of missing out, <laughs> right, or right. or or keeping up with the Joneses. You know, everybody. There's so much information out there, and there's so many ways in which people can spend their money 
that, uh, I, you know, the reality is, is we, we've really gotten where we've overcomplicated money in general. That's exactly right. Yeah. So, so the purpose of today's uh, podcast is really going to be to take a deep look at the, the economy, as I said earlier, uh, where we've been, where we're headed. And we're going to try to keep this in as simple terms as possible. And uh, as we continue to roll out these podcasts, our goal really is to empower the people who are listening to this to gain more confidence about money and, and also to gain uh, uh, an appreciation for where you are with your particular relationship with money and so that you get comfortable with that relationship so that you, you, you improve your overall standard of living and, and you don't get so stressed out about it because it, it can, it's a, it's a stressful topic and it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. No, that's exactly right. I mean, in some of the nomenclature that's used in our business, I think they just use it so they can justify <laughs> their job. <laughs> right. Really. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, if we can, if we can bring that to light and talk in, in a fashion that you understand it, I think, I think it'll be beneficial for everybody. Yeah, man. I think that's uh, that's great. And uh, hey, once in a while, we may even throw something in there about our one of our other favorite topics, which is perhaps bourbon, maybe golf. It could be grilling, barbecue, traveling. Yeah, we're extremely well-rounded. Well, there's no doubt about that. So that would be fantastic. So let's, Jay, let's look at 2020. Where were we at? Who were the winners, the losers of 2020, which was an outrageous year in the market? So who was the winners last year? Well, clearly the uh, the winners last year were technology. I mean, if you think about uh, business models for a moment, like let's take Zoom as an example. You know, here was a company that was doing well. They had they had a they had a unique technology as it related to to doing uh, webinars or, or calls over the computer. They were mm-hmm. burgeoning technology. They had come up with a simplistic model, mm-hmm. uh, and all of a sudden, a pandemic comes along and accelerated the adoption of their technology. But some some estimate between between five and ten years. Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, so they would clearly be a winner, and it's reflected in their stock price. What, what do you think? Another one well, DocuSign is another one I'm thinking of. Yeah, I mean, totally. we use it every day, yeah. um, almost every single day. But that is something that you know was just used mainly, probably in legal practices or practices where there's a lot of uh, signatures going back and forth. But now, people are stuck at home. Yeah, people were going. I mean, those papers were going back and forth like crazy. So, DocuSign clearly a big winner. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the pandemic, for sure. Yeah, and so I mean, Doc DocuSign today, I think it would be very easy to argue is a ubiquitous uh, product technology. Same with Zoom. So, it's fascinating to see those guys as as two of the winners. Uh, on, on the loser side, I think clearly and sadly, you'd have to say anything related to to entertainment, whether it be movie theaters, restaurants, the travel industry, airlines, cruise lines, mm-hmm. and 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 they're going to rebound. I mean, they're going to rebound. The, these guys were losers in twenty. They're gonna they're gonna hit it hard in twenty one. No, there's no, yeah, absolutely. They're going to, they're going to rebound. I mean, and we talk in our business about, you know, it's impossible to predict the future on where to put your money. But when we talk about expected return, when you look at those, uh, those stocks and those companies, they got hammered during the pandemic down 50%. You look at expected return. We don't know when, but eventually they're going to bounce back. And then you have yourself a nice little, 
uh, company you're owning right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as far as what, what really went down in 2020, and this was to me one of the most fascinating things, and, you know, there a lot of investors really want to, they want to try to time the market. And, you, you know, we talk a lot about it's not timing the market, it's time in the market. And so for those people who tried to time the market in the first quarter of last year, they'd have been crushed because, you know, we had an all-time high around February 19th. And between February 19th and I believe around March 23rd, we were down over 30%. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing days where it was down 10%, 8%. I'm just like, <laughs> it was insane. It's insane. It was and, in free fall. And, 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 and those percentages, by the way, I'm, I'm referencing the S&P 500. Sure. And when you look at what exactly happened, in the uh, at the yeah, end of the year, I mean, I mean, look look at what it was up. Look, the S and P five hundred in twenty twenty was up just over sixteen percent, sixteen percent, which is an incredible year just in and of itself. You look at the Nasdaq, and the Nasdaq is an index that measures a lot of the technology companies in the United States. That was up almost forty four percent. So, I mean, th- you think about that number; those are crazy numbers we're throwing around. You look at the Barclays Aggregate Bond Index, which is basically the index of all the bonds in the United States, that was up 7.5%. So everywhere you looked, everything was up. Yeah, it's amazing. It was a, it was a tremendous year in the market. And, and, you know, I think that a lot of people are sitting around and they're like scratching their heads and they're like, why? Why did the market rebound as quickly as it did, David? What, what do you think... Like, what do you attribute a couple things to? That well, well, when you say the market rebounded, you know, people ask us the market rebounded. Well, if you think of the S and P five hundred, the S and P five hundred is an index made of the high or the the largest five hundred companies in the United States. Okay, the S and P five hundred is not equally weighted, meaning that each company is one five hundredth of the index. That's not what happens at all. It's all market cap weighted. So the bigger companies like the Amazons, the Apple, they make up for a far more share of the S&P 500 than, you know, just a regular other company that's in there. Oh, so yeah. I think that when you see the market is up, you're seeing these technology companies and these companies that were built to be um, in more of a to-your-door, to to-your-phone, uh, technology-forward they're the ones that are just absolutely crushing it. And that's why it's bringing the whole market up. Yeah, well, I think that's a great point. In fact, if you look at like uh, companies like Tesla, Google, Facebook, Netflix, these companies had some pretty stupendous returns last year. And, and to your point, those really did drive a much larger percentage of the overall return in the S&P 500. Now, what's interesting is... Um, I, I attribute it to a couple things, not just those individual companies, sure. but the fact that the government acted as quickly as it did. I mean, they pumped, I believe it was about $3.8 trillion into the economy, or at least approved that money to be pumped into the economy. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of that went to support small businesses through the, the PPP, the, uh, the, 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 the uh, Payroll Protection Program, to enable small businesses to have the capital or liquidity to continue to employ people. And so there was a great incentive for, and it gave companies confidence mm-hmm. to be able to continue to keep people on staff. And thankfully we had that because 
I'm afraid that if we hadn't had that, I, we, we could have hit a, we could have had a, a depression. Well, yeah, I mean, we were already on pace. It was the fastest decline to negative 35% in the market yeah. ever, even, even in the Great Depression. So you had that as a backstop, which was really nice. And I will say, you know, our government's big, but they did act pretty quick on that one. Yeah, they did. So, really nice. so, so, so you had that, and then, and you've got, and then also the Fed, uh, which is the, also known as the central bank, uh, which really controls to a large degree where interest rates are in the short term, not so much in the long term, but in the short term. They lowered interest rates to these just incredibly low levels. And in fact, uh, it, it had a major impact on mortgages, and mm-hmm. um, which gets me a little bit into the housing situation and what's going on there. But, you know, I refinanced in April, uh, actually February of last year at 2.875%. Yeah. yeah. On a 15 year mortgage, and I'm refinancing now at 2.125%. Right. I mean, we're, we're at levels in which we haven't seen, I know in my lifetime, interest rates are slow. And it just and we're going to do a podcast on that, by the way. Yeah, yeah, we're going to do a podcast. And so those lower we're interest rates. We're going to hit rates, this one pretty good. Yeah, those lower interest rates and the fact that people were sitting at home mm-hmm. month after month after month working from home, looking at their homes, not spending money on travel, not spending money on movies, not spending money on nice – work clothes because they were sitting around in their pajamas, not spending money on dry cleaning or gas or travel. Right. They, You know what they did? They renovated their homes and they refinanced it. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who sat at home working and they looked around at their house and they're like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe i got to fix this. I have to fix this. And so they're pumping money into the economy in different ways, and that's why you're seeing some really big winners, and then you have some losers, which we talked about in the travel and leisure. Yeah, and if you look at you know this where we are right now this year, uh, David is, we've got um, really the sectors that are perking up mm-hmm. are the ones that are the most interest rate sensitive and economically sensitive. So mm-hmm. so so economically sensitive. In other words, where demand is is really strengthening. Two of the three that are the best performing sectors are energy which is very much an economically sensitive sector mm-hmm. and industrials. And then on the interest rate side uh, is financials. So, so, so anything that's interest rate sensitive, meaning that, that if rates go up, it's doing really well. Right. But then some sectors don't do well when rates go up. And guess what? Those sectors aren't doing as well. In yeah, fact, utilities. Bottom performer. Yeah, it's the worst performing Absolutely. sector in the S and P five hundred because it doesn't do as well when interest rates go up. Mm-hmm. So what what it's telling us is what we're seeing if we're looking at at our dashboard is that the economy is quite robust. We had significant GDP recovery in the second half of last year, which followed a just precipitous fall. Yeah. in GDP in the second quarter of last year. And it looks like that's carrying through into this year. And why don't you tell them a little bit about the GDP now number? Yeah, so um, the GDP, just for those out there who are not sure what it is, GDP is the gross domestic product, and that really just tells you the output of the U.S. economy. And that can be spending from the government, from manufacturing, uh, from uh, you know any type of output that you see in the United States, so that's just a measure of how the economy is and, doing. And how big is that? I mean, it's a, a, 
thir- I think it's like thirteen trillion dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's or massive. So, plus or minus, huge. It's massive. So you know, normally when we see these moves, you know, we're talking about maybe annualized of two percent, three percent, because growth has been pretty slow here in the United States over the past few years, going back probably fifteen years. Um, but when we took that big dip with the for COVID, we went down over thirty one percent negative. So that was a huge hit negative um, in the second quarter. You look forward to the uh, Q3 of last year, we bounced back 33%. So it was a very quick snapback in terms of production. A lot of that having to do with the federal government spending money, but we saw a really big snapback in Q3. Things started to normalize in Q4 last year at about a 4% clip. And now when we're talking about the GDP now, and Jay and I are, are finance nerds and we track this, but the Atlanta Federal Reserve has this um, uh, dashboard and it, it monitors almost in real time. I believe it's updated weekly. Yeah, I believe so. And in, in this scenario, that is real time <laughs> for, for <laughs> right. our federal government. Um, what the GDP is in the, uh, the space that Atlanta manages. And it's one of the best predictors of what GDP will be like for the quarter and for the year. And so right now, I just hopped on the website right before we got got on here. It was at 5.4%, and that was updated as of uh, March 24th, uh, 2021. Wow. Okay. So we've got we've got a great situation going in the first quarter of this year, and uh, one of the things you know, Dave and I were always uh, projecting out a couple, three, four quarters. What do we expect to have happen? Where do we things are, are Where do we think things are headed? And you know, we believe that the remainder of the year, at least these next couple quarters, we're going to have a strong economy. Uh, the, the the government just approved, the Congress just approved, and Biden signed the $1.9 trillion uh, stimulus package. I think our debt's ap- approaching, I think we're close to $30 trillion. Yeah, I think we're getting which close. Is, which is definitely not sustainable. No. We think that employment's going to be pretty good and that earnings in the market are going to be pretty good. We do. And, and, and one of the stats, and, and Jay and I have the luxury of talking to a lot of our partners out there, and we talk to a Fidelity Capital um, management uh, uh, analyst, and he told us a funny stat that I just kind of really blew me away is that if you look at the current average household income or savings right now, they have $22,000 of savings in their bank account. If you look back a year from now, that number was 9000 So with the vaccines coming out, all the money that the federal government is pumping into our economy, you have people sitting on more cash than they've had in a long time. Once the vaccine comes out and people start getting out of their house, we think there could be a really period of global growth here um, over the next year or so. Yeah, exactly. So... To sort of move towards a wrap-up here, um, you know, we rebounded very, very strongly. We've got a lot of money floating around in the economy. There's a lot of pent-up demand. The one thing that has us concerned, and people have been talking about this for a long time, but it hasn't really ever, it hasn't manifested itself really since the, the late 70s, and that is inflation. And so the thing that we want to keep an eye on is the prices of, of goods such as um, home prices, rent prices, food prices, fuel prices, those types of things. 
that you could see a real acceleration in pricing. And I think you were telling me something the other day about lumber pricing or something. Yeah, lumber lumber prices are like two two to three times as expensive as they normally are. Yeah, and so so here just here's what we want you guys to keep your eye on. Okay, if inflation gets really out of control, the Federal Reserve, the central bank, will eventually have no choice but to raise interest rates. The market has already almost doubled the interest rate from the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. So that what we one of the things we look at is the 10-year Treasury note, which is issued by the U.S. government. It's a 10-year bond or note. Was at 0.92% at the end of last year? Yes. And it's at, it's at 1.62 today. Right. Still low. Yeah. But it could really rock it up there. And, and I'm, I'm just saying, if inflation gets kind of overheated, at some point, the Fed's going to have to lower, or, or rather raise, mm-hmm. their rates. And when that happens, I think it could really slow the economy down. Yeah, that's exactly but we're right. we're a ways away from We're that. a ways away from that. That's kind of like our catalyst that we're looking at. And... Uh, uh, and then that's where we are. So over the next you know, 12 months or so, we're expecting the uh, equities to do very well, the stock market to do well. And, uh, you know, we're, we're going to be doing these market updates quarterly, um, just where we are, where we've been, and just give you some quick commentary on, uh, on the economy. So, hey, that's going to wrap up our first podcast today, Jay. How, how do you feel? I feel awesome. <laughs> okay. I feel awesome. It's we'll been see. a long time coming. We'll it's see. been a long time we'll coming. We'll see. Hope to, hope to do this again. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you guys for uh, listening to the Stacks of Cash podcast by Monterey Wealth. And we'll, uh, we'll see you again shortly. Thank you.